We go together like peas and carrots. The Peas and Carrots Podcast, sharing life from our piece of the vegetable patch. Brian and Kayla Sanders. Welcome to the Peas and Carrots Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Kayla. And uh, hey, thanks for joining us today. Uh, So, as always, let's get cranking here on what's up in the world of peas and carrots. The Olympics just ended. It's very sad. Hang on. Can we all just stand and sing the doxology together that the Olympics are over? Rude. (laughs) Why is that rude? I have seen enough people in skinny outfits to last me 20 years. Three years, because they'll be back. Okay. All right. You're welcome. Tom Daly knitting a sweater. Oh, wasn't that the greatest? No. He knitted a cozy for his medal, too. A what? He knitted a cozy for his Olympic medal. I don't know what a cozy is. A pouch, basically. Yeah. But anyway, moving on. Wait a minute. He knitted something to put his medal in? He did. And then he knitted the greatest sweater. So, yes. but. But seriously, kudos to all the athletes. It you was loved an amazing every minute. Olympics. We watched the Olympics every single night they were on. Can I just say, as much as I enjoyed watching the athletes, the way they incorporated the sem- the family celebrations oh. was incredible, and that brought me to tears. They so. would, you'd see them cheer. Yes. You'd see them. It was great. Jumping up and down, what? auditoriums full of people cheering. And what cracked me up is they'd pan to some families live on TV, and they'd be like, hey. Like well, they weren't that excited. Well, it was like 4 o'clock in the morning. Well, it's defense, still your so. kids in the Olympics. I know, but they hadn't had coffee. Okay, we went too far when you had me watch water polo. I'm sorry. Not sorry. What was up with their little hats? They all look like Princess Leia. I'm not sure. I need to research that. But yeah, it, we might have been. <laughs> what are we researching? Why, Why? they wore those kind of hats? So, but yeah. None of the divers or swimmers. I know. It is what it is. But the Olympics were awesome, and they'll be back in. Th- well, technically, they'll be back next year with the Winter Olympics. Why do you love them so much? As I said in a previous podcast, it's such a spirit of unity, and you watch people who have just, they've trained and struggled for something, and the backstory. I love the story that's tied to each and every individual, and you kind of forget who's from which country. I mean, even during this Olympics, watching some of the swimmers, even if they didn't get the medal they wanted, the way they celebrated each other. There's a lesson to be learned from that. Hmm. We could definitely do well to learn to celebrate each other. Hmm. So, yeah, the Olympics are pretty special. Hmm. And Miss Kayla is a huge Today Show fan, so she got to watch all of them. I am. All right, so there it is. That's the Olympics. Segment two, going to get serious. So just just know that, going to get serious. As we've said on a previous podcast, we don't have children. We were never able to conceive. I guess that's the right, I don't know what the right word is. And so we want to talk a little bit about our journey with uh, infertility. And ladies first, Miss Kayla, before I, I say anything. 
Uh, it was hasn't been easy. I'll say that. I'll start out with that. No, but it has been. It has definitely been a process. And I will say this: it's an ongoing process. There are days when, as a human, we all feel like we have a grasp on something, and then life tends to throw curveballs. So, for me, and we're going to kind of pivot back and forth on this. So, for me, this has looked like starting with the reality that okay we are likely not going to be able to have children and i'm going to do something here that's going to throw him a curveball we've bumbled our way through this and by that what i mean is our love for each other has caused us to protect each other and so he is going to sit here and tell you that he is the reason we cannot have children true i'm going to sit here and tell you that we don't know a hundred percent for sure well so in one stage of this we actually would speak for the other person and at times that's been awkward it's left some of our friends saying what's the truth the truth is it's a very sensitive topic is what we've come to realize and you can love someone enough that you want to take the brunt of something and I think that's what this has looked like but for me in the let's start here B in the early stages of this I would have this monthly reminder mm. that I was broken I was less than and I was unworthy and in the early stages for you uh, felt inadequate didn't feel like a man and I felt that I'd let you down, um, I'd let my wife down. I felt like I'd let the whole Sanders family down because I'm the last Sanders. So that's where I was, and it was really feelings of inadequacy as a man that you can't produce a kid. So that's uh, and people make jokes. Um, yeah, they don't mean they don't mean to be hurtful. Um. But we'll talk about that in a little while. But you get into this process of coming to realize that you're not going to have the traditional family. Hmm. Let's put it that way. And you start to see that life happens around you. And That's a great – yes. Life – a lot of life happened around us. That is a great way to say that because you don't fit in anywhere. You're 30 years old, and yet you fit in better with the empty nesters than you do with yes. your peers. Yes. Because because they're taking kids to soccer practice. They're taking kids to baseball practice or to ballet. They're in the throes of needing babysitters <clears throat> yes. or date nights away from their kids. And so the last thing they want is a couple's date night because, for the love of Pete, they just want to go somewhere and have quiet so, and again, please hear our hearts. We're not taking digs at people who have families. No. We're not. We're not going after people who've been able to have two, six, twelve kids, however many you wanted. Um, we're Presbyterian. There's people. There's gotta, people that have that many. That have um, that many. We've where seen we them. are in this is for us. We've had to. In many ways, we've had to grieve the life we thought we would have mm. and fall in love with the life we have and be okay with the fact that family 
is not 2.4 children and a pet. Mm. It's the person that you stand at the altar with and say, let's do life together. Now, let me say this. We, We had names picked out for children. We had the number of kids picked out we wanted. We had names picked out. That we were that we were going to name. We had all this planned out, and then God seemed to have other other plans for us, and that really bothered me, and shook and then shook my my my, my faith. Uh, I will say this: infertility can strain friendships, mm. and it can make. It can be isolating, and and I and I just want to go back to this for a second. And this is not to cast blame. This is not to do anything, but sometimes people with kids don't want to go out with us, or do dinner with us, or or go have you know play games or whatever it is, or you know whatever, because they're afraid that their kids will offend us, or that or that. We don't understand kids. Well, I was a kid. You were a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's that hurt. It's like, this is awful to admit. I often felt and still feel overlooked. Mm. It's like, well, we can't invite them because they don't have kids. Invite us. Sure. I mean. Some of my greatest friendships were born out of people realizing that just because I didn't have children myself, it didn't prevent me from loving their children. And in other cases, I would, I'm going to challenge both sides here. For those who are childless, seek diversity in your friendships. Be willing to friend people who have kids. Be willing to step in and maybe offer to babysit for them one night so they can go out. Be willing to play with their kids and for those who are perhaps single not even children on the on the horizon to the families i say this adopt them Mm. make them part of your family let them feel a sense of belonging so to both sides i'm challenging you to think outside the box and I've said this before, and the words I've gotten are, well, you just don't understand how exhausting being a parent is. No, I don't. I really don't. What I do understand is everyone needs to feel as if they belong. Mm. So both sides can work to provide community. And in doing so, you may end up with a third big kid that plays with your kids, or you may end up feeling as if you do belong somewhere. Mm. So... I think it's hard in the church a lot of times. I'm just going to go there. It's hard in the church because a lot of, quote, programs are geared for families. Hmm. There's the children's this, the young married's this, the the growing family. And all that's great. great. That's great. And then let me piggyback on that. And then there's baby dedications. And then when a baby's born, there's like an email that's sent out that like celebrates that. And so what I've often thought of is this. What could we do for a single person Yes. or a couple who doesn't have kids? How do you celebrate them? Mm. Because you do a baby dedication. 
How do you celebrate that single person? How do, how, do, how do you celebrate that couple who will never experience that whole baby dedication? I'm not saying to stop doing it at all. I'm not. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying how do we include them because they're part of God's plan as well. What type of email could be sent about a couple who's childless? Maybe some type of promotion. Maybe some type of like accomplishment. I don't know. But don't overlook them because they're part of the body of Christ as well. And yeah. uh, does that? I hope that that that's just something that hits me. And let me just say this: for me, this is still real. It's still raw. Um, I'd love to have a son and a daughter. Uh, for um, I think losing your dad brought this home a little bit more for you. And that's something we'll talk about in a future podcast. Um, yeah, I think it just made it more real for you that life is fragile, and you really wanted to be able to pass that on. Yeah. So there is no Sanders legacy after yeah. me, but <clears throat> but I think it requires sensitivity on both sides, yes. and it is it is a very complex. One thing I would encourage those who are not struggling with this please resist the jokes about how much time and money your childless friends must have Hmm. i think if there's one thing that's felt like a knife in the back well it must be nice to take those fancy vacations and you guys must have the world's biggest savings account you know what i'd I'd trade all that we trade it tomorrow we trade it tomorrow if we could have had a noah jack or a Sarah Elizabeth. Yes. So to all of us, I think it's just it's important that we kind of look around us and realize that even though we struggle with this, we too can be blind to other people's struggle. Yes. This is just one area where for us it's very sensitive. And And yeah. I've had friends tell me that they're jealous of our life. I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah, secretly, I'd give my kids to you for two years. You know, um, <laughs> Don't mention any names. I'm going to mention any names. <laughs> Let me say this as well. We've had people say hurtful things. And I'm not going to – this is not going to be a vent session. Understand that. But you were walking the halls of a church one day. I'll never forget this. And you came to me afterwards. And this woman was talking to you about us being childless. And she just turns around and looks you in the eye, and without any sympathy whatsoever, she just goes, why didn't y'all adopt? And that was just like, gutted me, and it gutted you. Mm. And I'll just be blunt. In the time frame when we could have, the, like the prime age for us to raise children is not now, okay? Because... They'll be coming out of diapers, and yet I'll be going into them. So, uh, but the issue here's the issue is that back then, when we could have done this, it was very expensive to do, uh, and we worked for a religious institution. We didn't make a lot of money, and it just didn't happen. Now we did get on a list. We were on a list to do foster. Uh, type stuff and then some family situations came up and that took and us and God closed the door and God closed the door on that and we couldn't pursue that so please don't assume that like folks who don't have children didn't didn't try other routes we did it's God closed door after door after door and I don't understand why 
why he did that, but I have to trust him. Um, we also have to trust that he is enough. And that is very hard to live. Yeah. There are days that that sits with me a whole lot better than other days. But he is enough. And truthfully for me, I came to a point that I realized that B is enough. And I think one of the sweetest things a friend ever said to me was, I think it's perfect that you didn't have children. And it literally tipped me back on my heels. And I asked her, what in the world do you mean? She said, because all the oxygen in the room is for you and B. And she said, I cannot imagine you putting a child into that equation. She said, the way you two interact with each other, she said, you're perfect just the way you are. So I've always let that sit in my heart. Mm. And at the same time, contentment, just finding contentment in the, mm. in the life that God has given you. Mm. And I think to segue to something we'll talk about in another podcast, letting yourself grieve what was and being happy with what is. When we were planning this podcast, I actually wrote this down. I said, what's God trying to teach me through infertility? And I actually wrote down that that he is enough, that he is good, he is kind, he is sovereign, mm-hmm. he is trustworthy. Secondly is that you are enough, Miss Kayla. You, you are enough. You bring satisfaction to me. You bring joy to me. Um, but at the same time, let me just say this. You go to church and you see somebody who has eight kids and we never could have one. That hits questions in the back of my mind. Sure. But I have to trust that God knew what he was doing. Mm. Um, I am a believer, but I often tell people I'm much more of a doubter than I am a believer. Uh, I have uh, moments of belief, <laughs> long streaks of doubt. And this is one of the reasons why. It's like, was I not good enough? Was I not – what was wrong with me mm. that God didn't say, okay, you know, let's let's, – let's, let's. but there's that. So is that – I don't want to get all emotional and that kind of stuff. I'm trying not to cry, so there's that. But, yeah, so. But, so but, we ended up with a 52-pound fur child. Oh. Who taught us everything we could have imagined about what kind of parents we would be. And we'll share that story on another podcast. He taught us unconditional love. He did. For years, we hosted college students and also seminary students in our home. And they're like adopted children to us. And they're all over America doing great things. And they check in with us. and They have some of the sweetest children oh, in the entire world. And they'll call, so. hey, Grandpa, hey, Grandma. And I'm still not used to that word. But uh, one of the boys will like meet a girl, and they'll say, "Hey, can can y'all come meet us for dinner? I want you to meet this girl I've met." So, so that honors us, and and I get, and so we've been able to impact a lot of lives, and I get it, and so God has used us, and sure. and I'm thankful for that. But 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 I want to say this to you, Miss Miss Kay, you're not broken, you're beautiful, you're amazing. And I love the life we have together. Me too. 
Miss Kayla, what songs are you listening to right now? What songs do you like? Let's talk mm. about music. Because music's a big part of our lives since we work in Christian radio. I think the na- I'm going to really get this wrong, and I'm going to make all of our radio people upset. There is a new CC Wine and song, Believe, Believe for, for It. it. And that song has just been on replay. And I just, I love that song. Definitely the extended version as well. I, hmm, I like older songs. So we've been listening to a lot of like 90s contemporary Christian and for him Wayne yeah. Watson she loves Point of Grace if I Point do. of Grace ever does a reunion tour their Christmas oh yeah. it's one of the greatest Ooh. Christmas albums ever yes but if but if they were ever do like a reunion tour you'd be a front row person wouldn't oh you? yeah I still love Amy Grant really I do yeah does she still tour she does oh sorry Amy hope you know yeah. sorry uh for me I'm really digging uh We the Kingdom's uh Child of Love right now. Mm. Uh, it has a Woodstock Pentecostal flair to it, and that and that links me to my Southern Gospel childhood of this convention style music. That just oh, that just does something to me. Uh, Mercy Me's uh, "Say I Won't" is yeah. really uh, a great song for me right now. Uh, then there's. Uh, and again, I'm more of a fan of like Southern Gospel than you are. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I've been checking out some. Uh, the, the Kingsmen are about to drop a new album, which is my favorite all-time Southern Gospel group. Uh, so, yeah, that's the songs that are get, get, that are get getting us through our days right now. Great songs. For more about the Peas and Carrots podcast and to reach out to Brian and Kayla, visit peasandcarrotspodcast.com.